Hey, good morning, everyone. This is the Pillage Pastor, and you've heard it said, if God is for us, then who can be against us, right? If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, why do certain things happen to us? Why do we have certain struggles if that is true? Because you would think like you can rely on God's word. I mean, if it says that when God's for us, who can be against us, then we shouldn't have to deal with certain things that we deal with. We shouldn't have to go through so many things that we have to go through. And we shouldn't have to face discouragement that oftentimes we have to face and are never exempt from. Why aren't we exempt from it? And so that's what we're talking about. That's what's next. Stay tuned. Well, I've got my hot cup of joe this morning. I mean, that's a good thing, right? That's a reason to be encouraged this morning. <laughs> it's hot coffee and blue skies, even if it's zero degrees out this morning. Zero degrees. I still was able to get up and make my way to the gym, which I haven't done for a while. And so, oh my gosh, did I feel it. Talk about discouragement, man, to get in that gym and just to feel like you're kind of rolling through there instead of strutting through the gym. You're just kind of rolling along and everyone's looking at you that might, there might be some recognition and they're like, what have you been? What have you been? We've all been here working out. You've been nowhere. You've been home on your butt right well yeah I've been on my butt I wasn't in there at the new year when everyone else maybe they took a, a week or two off maybe they still were eating too much and still going to the gym not me I was eating way too much and never in the gym and so I was trying to get out and run but then my knees started aching and whatnot and another reason to be discouraged man if God is for me then why why all the aches and pains why the lack of discipline in my life why the lack of focus why the struggles why the difficult people on and on and on so what about you like what is your biggest question for God like do you ever think about that like if God is real and God is for me if God loves me then why did I have to deal with this loss why do I have to deal with this pain why do I have to deal with this depression why do I have to deal with the anxiety why you know it's interesting that oftentimes when we ask God a question, I believe God asks us a question right back. I mean, God, in, and in one way, he'll ask us a question such as, and this is simple and unverified, but the sense of I'll be like, why God, why am I so bummed out? You know, today, why is today such a bad day? Why am I so bummed out today? And God might just simply say, I don't know, Ryan, why do you think you're pumped out? And, it's, and it gets you because he does want us to use our brain. He wants us to use our own insight, our own wisdom, because oftentimes the answer is within us. We can answer those questions. And a lot of times we can't answer those questions. But one of the things that he will do is illuminate your mind. He will open up your mind and give you that understanding. And so you start thinking about it just as you're, you, because you're responding to his question, which is opening up the channel, opening up the airway. And God is able to then come in and speak to you and help you process that question and give you wisdom, give you insight. We see it time and time again as the those who wrote 
psalm, uh, a psalm, psalms in the book of Psalm. So we see that processing, we see these questions, we see this anguish, and yet we see praise, we see truth come through after a question has been raised. And that's what God does. It's like, why this? Why that, God? And then in his own way, through a season, through some time, his own timing, we have that answer. So let's take a break, but I want to take you to a question. You know who asked this question? A lot of people ask the question throughout scripture, but someone specifically I want to take us to is Gideon. So let's take a quick break. Now Gideon, we see his story in Judges chapter 6 and 7, and we see Israel, God's people, being oppressed once again by the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples who were invading the country and causing havoc. And Gideon is experiencing this. And the story I'll actually just share from starting in verse 7. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, and I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all of your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I'm the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. You didn't listen to me. That's why this trouble's coming upon you. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Ab- Abizarite, I think that's how you say it. I can't see apparently. Why, why is this happening to me? I can't see a darn thing. I think I need glasses. I've always had trouble like seeing far away, but now it's like, I think I need a bigger print in my Bible. And this is horrible. <laughs> a Bezier, be, a right? Where his son Gideon was threshing, uh, threshing wheat and a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." He calls him a mighty warrior, even though he's hiding out, right? <laughs> but Sir Gideon replied, "If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us?" Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the land of Midian, or the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. All right, there's a call right there. Continue. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of the Midianites' hand. Am I not sending you? There's the question. God's always asking us questions. But Lord Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. You know, that's what is encouraging. Never say it. Like, this might be any one of us saying that. God, I, I don't have anything. Look at me. I am ill-prepared for all of these struggles, all the things I am facing. And... That actually puts you in a great spot to recognize what you are lacking, your weakness. The Lord answered, I will be with you. That's all you need. And you will strike down all the Midianites, uh, the Midianites together. 
I'm going to be with you. That's all you need. It doesn't. It's not, again, about you. It's about what I can do. It's about what resources, if you will, I have available to me, and they're all yours. I can give these things to you. But you see with him, with with Gideon, who, I mean, I, I love Gideon. I mean, he's he's a cool guy. But an angel calls him mighty warrior, <laughs> and he's hiding out at a wine press, you know, threshing wheat, right? And there he is. And then and he recognizes, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm no mighty warrior, you know, and God is with us. What are you talking about? God's not with us. If he was with us, all this stuff wouldn't have happened to us. But as you see in the previous verses, it was that they were just getting what was coming to them. God's people were just getting what was coming to them from their disobedience and not doing what God had originally said to do. And so, but nonetheless, you see, okay, God's like, here, here's kind of a sequence. You see, you see them going through this stuff. And you see God saying, my perspective is that you guys didn't do what I told you to do, and now you're going through this stuff, right? And then you see a willing people, a people that understand their weakness, Gideon's family, for instance. And you see this extension of God's grace as, as people cry out to God in weakness, not perfection. They weren't crying out in their perfection. Remember, these guys had been botching it up, and that's why they were experiencing what they were experiencing. They weren't calling out in their perfection. They weren't calling out in their righteousness. They were calling out in their pain, their anguish, their weakness. Gideon's like, I'm no mighty warrior. I don't have anything. I come from, look at, look at my family line. I don't got nothing, right? And God tells him, I have it. I have what you need. I have everything you need. And that still, the question is still valid. It's like, okay, well, yeah, but right now, in today's context with a believer, when we're told that we have everything that we need, that we're not lacking, and yet I sometimes and oftentimes I feel like I'm lacking, I might have my hot coffee, which is crazy because that's a blessing in itself, right? I have my hot coffee. It's zero degrees outside, but it's 70 degrees in my place. I don't have anything. You know, I might owe money to the tax man, you know, and be like in anguish about that. But I got, I've got some steaks in my refrigerator. <laughs> like, I've got good things going on. I have a job. Like, I have all these wonderful things. And yet, I oftentimes feel myself moving toward that more pessimistic. I'm always focused. I don't know about you, but I know I struggle with always being focused on what I don't have, not on what I do have. And I don't I don't always know how to get out of that. I don't know how to get out of that <clears throat> other than thanking God. Whenever you start feeling like just pessimistic, then and you have to fight for optimism, a good way to fight for optimism is you battle those thoughts, those negative thoughts with with what you are thankful for. I'm thankful for this, 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 this. You just keep counting them off. I mean, 10 things of what you're thankful for and you'll see that your perspective will start to change. Man, I need to take my own advice, right? I think we all need to take our own advice at times. But let's take a quick break and then I'm going to close out by talking about something the Apostle Paul said about hardships. Uh, that he was enduring and the perspective they have. 
If God's for us, then why all the hardships? If he's with us, then why do we go through so many troubles? That's what we're talking about. And we can go to scripture, we can go to the Bible, and we can find answers. I think I'm going to have to go to the goodwill today to find a bigger, you know, a Bible with a bigger print so that I can actually read these passages because this is where the encouragement is. This is where the truth is. Um, but I ask that a lot. It's like, man, if God is gracious, why am I going through this? If God is with me, if I am forgiven, then why does everybody else look like they're blessed and I'm kind of stuck, you know, in the mud? But we understand that every time we do ask that, that question, number one, none of us deserves anything. According to scripture, none of us deserves anything good in the first place. Number two, a lot of the trouble that we find ourselves in is because of the decisions that we've made. And yet we still ask why. Because we want, we, who else is like, we know what we've done and we have to look to, up to God and be like, why God, but why? Why couldn't you have saved me from this? Why can't you save me from myself? And oftentimes that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, sometimes we are blaming God or questioning God because we just, we just want to be saved from ourselves and our own bad decisions. And we're crying out and like, God, you see that I don't, always have the strength. You see that I don't always and can't, don't feel like I can always make the right decisions. You see that I, I'm too weak to always obey, you know, or whatever it might be. But you know who understood weakness as well? And we don't ever think of, not everybody thinks about the Apostle Paul, who said that he was the worst of sinners. He was totally obedient to God. He loved God. He was serving God with all of his heart. And he knew that he would die a martyr. He knew that he would die for what he, what he proclaimed, what he taught. He knew that he would die for Jesus. And yet he endured hardships. He was discouraged at times. He felt lonely at times, especially as his death approached. He felt very alone. But when he wrote to the church in Corinth, he said this, so we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our, our ability to endure. Okay, like we couldn't even do it. Like it was, it was beyond our ability to endure. We needed the ability of the Lord so that we despised even of life. He despised even living. He'd rather go home. And he said this, he'd rather go home and be with the Lord. But for their sake, for the sake of those who had yet to hear the gospel or had already responded to the gospel and needed to be discipled and built up in the Lord, he was going to stick around. But he despised, they despised, these are believers, despised of even life itself. And so if you even despise of life, like if you are there and you feel guilty because you're just like, I don't even want to know if I want to live anymore. I mean, definitely don't take your own life, but know that there were the people that we look up to in the Bible felt the same way. Every single one of them felt at one time or another that I despise, you know, I despise of life. Like I, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And yet they wake up and they, they push on, but you're not alone. And yet why then, if they were enduring that and could be that lonely and that depressed and that, and despise life, 
How can they keep pushing on? Because it's what God is doing in their hearts. It's something he energizes us. He gives us purpose. He gives us reason. He gives us drive. And we're meant for life. We are meant for life. Never, We were never meant to experience death. It's unnatural. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Why did that happen, that they came to that point, to where they didn't have the ability to endure, so that they would not rely on themselves, but on God, who raises the dead. Bam! Power. He had delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope. It's on him, not on even a great future maybe, but on a person. Set your hope on a person that he will continue to deliver us. Set your hope on Jesus. I don't want to live a life to where I hope so. I hope someday I'll I'll have this or that or a perfect picture. That's my hope. I hope and I know someday I'm going to have this or someday I'm going to have that. Our hope is in a person, in a relationship. And some people are natural romantics. Like I'm a natural romantic. I I put my hope in the right relationship, that the right relationship in a person will save me. I just want to fall in love. I just want to be with that person. And when I'm with that person, everything will be possible. The only person that you need to be with, that everything is possible with, is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. As you help us by your prayers, so hey, there's other people involved here. We need people praying for us. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So that's something that we neglect, and I'll close on. I'm going to close on this. Let me take a real quick break again, get a sip of my coffee, and close. In closing out this idea, why do you such bad things happen to us why do we find ourselves in so much trouble if God is for us you know if you are with us God then why are we experiencing so many bad things God says well number one it's sin straight up sin in the world number two it's your sin specifically things that you've done decisions that you've made Number three, my grace is sufficient for you, though. You've cried out to me. You've come to the end of yourself, and here I am. You can't endure on your own. It's too hard for you. And God is like, that's the place you need to be for me to show up and do a miracle in your life and in your circumstances. It might be a miracle over a period of time, though. It could be instantaneous miracle that delivers you from whatever stress you're out. But there's also a good chance that it is a miracle that will happen over time because you are being shaped to rely upon God and see him come through. So I do want to close with this, though. Here's here's the important thing. You need people in your life. You need people to encourage you. You need to open up about, and I do too, about struggles I'm going through to receive the help that I need. That's the thing. We can't shut out the prayers of people. 
and they can't know how to pray for us unless we share what we're going through. I am super prideful. I don't want anybody to know what I'm going through. And then sometimes when I have been vulnerable, they're like, you're just a whiner, right? And then you're like, why share? Why ever share about what I'm going through? Why ever share about my needs? Nobody ever, they tell you, well, you know, why don't you ever tell us what's going on? Then you tell them and they're like, yo, quit whining. And you're just like, well, maybe I don't want to share with people anymore. I don't want to rely on people. But here's the thing, is God, that's part of God's process, is to share with people. God, part of God's process to uh, build you up, to provide for you, um, to nurture your soul is by way of other loving people who have a faith in the Lord as well and might be going through the same thing, right? Iron sharpens iron. You got to be there in, in, in your weakness. Let someone else build you up. And when you're built up, you know, help and encourage someone in their weakness. This is the Pillage Pastor. Grace come down for such a sinner as I and for such a sinner as you.